Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? All right. So in the past weeks, we've been uh, going through prayer, and I've, I've been encouraged. I've been challenged, and it's made me also want to examine my, my prayer life as an individual and to go back to the Word and just to examine the life of Jesus in terms of his prayer life. So when go to... To Luke 6, verse uh, 12 to 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. It's just one of the glimpses of when Jesus was praying. Also in uh, Mark 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Then also on Luke 11 from verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as you taught, just as John taught his disciples. So I was wondering if I was one of the disciples, what would lead me to to this statement in Luke 11 verse 1, when I would say, Lord, teach me how to pray. So, if I was one of the disciples, I'll be definitely watching Jesus' life very closely, watching everything that he does. And there is a pattern that is here. That is, Jesus is drawing himself aside, he prays. He goes to his disciples, or the disciples find them. Then he says, okay, gang, let's go to the cities, let's go and conquer the world. But there is a pattern that is happening here. He draws himself, he prays. He takes his disciples and he goes to the cities and does what he does. When he goes to the cities, he starts healing. When he goes to the cities, he gives wisdom. When he goes to the cities, things change. And I'm sure the disciples notice that. I'm sure the disciples notice that, okay, the magic is happening here. Where he spends the time with his father, where he spends the time praying. That's all where the magic is happening. So all these other things are becoming very easy to do. Someone touches the rope, they get healed. The demons are fleeing. Everything is happening. Healings are, are happening. Everything is happening. But the disciples got clever. The bulb just popped and said, oh, so the secret is here. This is where the magic is happening. So we want to do what Jesus is doing in the cities. But for us to be able to do that, we have to ask him for what he's doing here. So they asked Jesus, please teach us how to pray. And it also took me back to my own life that most of the time I want to spend my time here in the cities doing stuff. And I become drained and frustrated and Things are not happening as fast as I want them to be. Everything is a drag. It's because I'm not spending most of the time here praying on my knees. So if I spend most of the time on my knees praying, talking to the Father, the time I'm going to spend here with my problems is very limited. I've got the wisdom in situations. When I pray, things happen. Healing happens. Things are okay. So I was reminded that 
Most of the magic happens when I talk to the Father. Most of the magic happens when I'm in prayer. So that's what I was reminded looking at the lifestyle of Jesus and how he always set time to go aside. Not corporate prayer, individual prayer. He's going aside and talking to the Father. Then he comes back and he engages. And his relationships are fruitful. When he comes to church or whatever he does, when he engages with the disciples and say, okay, gang, let's go and conquer the world. Everything has happened on the prayer side. Um, then let's go to John, John 14 from verse 11. And there is again Jesus talking to his, to, to his disciples. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than this, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So here we are reminded of two things. Believe. Believe that God, that Jesus says, I am who I am. He is the Son of God. And have faith. So if I believe and I have faith in prayer, that he is who he says he is, and also my life is aligned to the works that he did, and my prayer life is to crave for the things that she did. Then you put a stamp on my prayer and you negotiate with the Father regarding to what I'm praying for. So those are the two things. Believe, have faith, and what I'm craving for, what I'm praying for, is aligned with the works of what he did. That's why he's saying here... Let me just go back. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. So if I want to do what, God, what Jesus has been doing, I have to have faith and I have to believe. And it's in alignment to what he was doing. Most of the time I come here, I have faith, I believe, but it's not aligned to the works that he has been doing or the works that he wants us to do. It's aligned with myself and it's aligned with other things. And I, most of the times I'm praying amiss because I'm missing the point of what I'm praying for. So it's a very good verse where Jesus is reminding us to have faith, to believe, and you put a stamp on our prayer and you negotiate with the Father. But your prayers should be aligned with his works. When the disciples said, teach us how to pray, I'm sure in their mind they were saying, we also want to do the things that you have been doing. Not the, our own stuff, but the things that you have been doing. And those things that Jesus had been doing are things which are aligned with what God was telling him. Are things of the kingdom of God. They are not just any random things. Uh, let's go to Luke 18 from verse 1. I love this parable. 
Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. So there was a judge who neither feared God or cared about men. And there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, you will see they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Again, the word faith pops up. So here we see there is a widow, and in this time, I'm sure a widow was the lowest of the lowest. It was a low-class person because they had basically run out of husbands. So they were a low-class low class person. And there's this judge, unjust judge, that doesn't fear God, he doesn't fear men. And this widow keeps going to back, persisting, keeps going persisting. And the Lord is saying, if that judge, an unjust judge, a judge who doesn't care about God, a judge who doesn't care about men, could hear and bring justice to a widow, the law of the lowest in that society. How much will you, a chosen one? That's some good stuff here. Mm. How much of you, a chosen one, who cries out to him day and night? So there I am, and saying, God, I know there are promises that I hear. This book is full of your promises. And I'm going to come to you, Lord, and I'm going to remind you of your promises. And I'm going to say, Lord, give me justice. Because you said you give me justice. Because of your promises and because of your word, I can boldly come to you and say, Lord, I need justice. Lord, my health is deteriorating. I am sick. I need justice. Lord, The devil has stolen my finances. I need justice. Whatever it is, you can boldly bring the words and say, Lord, according to your promises, I need justice. Can you tell someone next to you that you need justice? Lord will give you justice. Just remind him. Remind him of his promises and he'll bring you justice. Not only will you bring you justice in your situation, you bring it quickly. Okay, we are back. That was quick. <laughs> Lord, bring me justly, bring me justice, and bring it quickly. All right. So God loves to be reminded of His word. 
So let's go boldly and persist in prayer and say, Lord, like that widow who kept persisting. You love us, you have chosen us, and we remind me of when we remind you of your word, and certainly, certainly, we shall not be ashamed. You will bring us justice. So whatever situation that is in your life that you need justice on or justice about, you can go to the Lord and ask, and it, it shall be done. But again, let's not forget you have to believe. Let's not forget you have to have faith. Let's not forget you are asking for justice for something that is aligned with his word. It's not justice of, of just any justice. It's justice that he knows and justice that you are reminding him of according to his word. So this, this is a very, 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 very good parable that reminds us who we are in Christ and reminds us what our Father is capable of doing and reminds us of our position in prayer. Um, and the other one, one of my favorites that always reminds me about prayer, it's, uh, let's go to Ephesians. And it's Ephesians 6 from verse 10. When Paul was talking about the armor of God, Finally, be strong in the Lord and, his, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I like what happens after this. And he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I love this passage, but mostly... The passage I love more is from verse 18, which says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So I was thinking about this verse and what Paul is talking about, and I found myself in a situation where I'm putting... All right. <clears throat> so, put on the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Breastplate of righteousness in place, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. So I'm geared up. 
I've got the full armor. I am ready. But I am ready to do what is the question. I've got the full armor and I am ready to go on my knees. Because on my knees, that's where the battle is. That is where the war is. I'm not putting this full armor just to go in the world and I'm putting this armor. It's a very heavy armor. It's an armor that is going to humble you. It's an armor that will force you to go on your knees. So he's saying, put this whole armor because when you're on your knees, that's where the battle starts. That is where the evil one starts scheming. And if you don't have the helmet of salvation, the moment you get on your knees, the distractions start coming through. When you do not have the sword of the Spirit, you won't know what the promise is to remind him. When you don't have the belt of truth and you've got hidden sin and all these things that are happening, there's going to be a distraction when you pray and when the whole, the real things happen and when the whole war is, you shouldn't come naked. You should come fully clothed. Why am I coming fully clothed? Because it's not a joke. I'm not fighting flesh. I am fighting something that is way stronger than me. So this is a war I cannot just come naked. This is a war I have to be 100% prepared for. So when I go to pray, again, when I go to pray, where everything starts, do I have my armor on? Do I have truth in me? Am I being earnest with God? Because he sees everything at the end of the day. So this verse has, has encouraged me and I've seen it in a whole different perspective because of the, uh, the talks of prayer that we've been having. And pray in the Spirit in all occasions. We are praying in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And on the part of always keep praying for all the saints, look at uh, what Samuel 12, verse 23 says. 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. If you can go to it or if you can find it, can you please say it to the person who is next to you? Because it's, it's very profound. If you, if you can find it, 1 Samuel 12, verse 23. If you can find it or if you've got a Bible, just say it to the person next to you. Because it says, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And that good stuff. As for me, far it be from me that I should sin. And what is this sin? By failing to pray for you. So it's a command for us to pray. Because if we don't pray in, for others, in a way, we are also in sinning. So as for me, be it, far, be it far from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. 
1 Samuel 12, verse 23. All right. So, basically, these are, these are the main th- three things that have, uh, that, that have stood out for me and in my own, own personal life and my own individual prayer. To look at the life of Jesus and how he prayed and to be reminded of the promises that are in his word. And as that widow, to persist in prayer, to always go again and again and again. And on top of that, whatever I pray about, whatever I'm on my knees about, it's aligned to his word. And when I pray, I know prayer is not a light thing. Prayer is war. And I must be fully clothed for prayer. And I must be fully armed. And I've got the full armor for what I am doing. So these are basically the main things that I've been struggling with and I've been trying to apply in my prayer life. And those are the things I thought I'll briefly share with you and it might help or assist one of you. So it was sweet and short. (laughs) And hopefully it it has risen in one or two of us uh, and uh, we can also apply it as we go out and serve the Lord.